Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Let's have a word of prayer before we proceed. Dear Lord, we thank you so much because it is your word. You said that you will come quickly. So according to your word, we pray and we plead with you, Lord. Come quickly. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. As you know that this is a very important conference. We are discussing, we are talking, we are meditating upon the coming back of our Lord. Now it is my responsibility to share on the imminent return of our Lord. Now how do we know the Lord will come back very soon? I think it's very clear from the word of our Lord himself. He who testified to these things says, Surely I'm coming quickly. Now, we know that this word actually is at the very, very end of the uh, book of Revelation and also very end of the whole Bible. When John was about to finish this book, when he was about to conclude this book, when he is about to give the benediction, final one, to his church, then we come to the almost the last verses in the whole Bible. He who testify to these things says, Surely I'm coming quickly. Paul wrote, John wrote the whole book by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So he wrote so many things. Finally, someone has to testify, had to testify. Someone has to approve it. Now, more than once, from the mouth of John, he quoted, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. Another time, and behold, I'm coming quickly. But now, this all from the mouth of John. Someone finally had to verify it. Yes, what he said is what I'm saying. So, finally we heard the word, Surely I am coming quickly. So, brothers and sisters, that's the reason we believe that. Our Lord not only will come back, and also will come back very soon. Now, what is our response? What is our attitude to his imminent appearing? Now, we know that the, immediately the one who wrote down this wonderful book, a wonderful book of Revelation says, Even so come, Lord Jesus. 
So this ought to be our prayer because we are here not only knowing, not only uh, not only not only recognizing the fact that he's coming back, but actually we should live a life according to this light. So this is our burden, especially for, uh, for this morning and tomorrow. We will focus on the imminent return of our Lord. Now, if we go to the dictionary, we will get a definition about the word imminence. For example, according to Random House Dictionary, likely to occur at any moment. If we turn to Webster's Dictionary, threatening to occur at any moment. So, the true definition of the imminent return of our Lord is he is expected to come back at any moment. Now, I like the statement from A.T. Pearson, who's a, who has been recognized as a great Bible scholar. He said, imminence is the combination of two conditions. That is, certainty and uncertainty. By an imminent event, we mean one which is certain to occur at some time. Uncertain at what time? That's why we ought to watch and pray. Let me quote a very important phrase. Actually, we have just sung. Now, you know, we have just sung the hymn. Actually, it's one of the 43 hymns written by Emmy Barber, who helped Watchman Nee greatly. Now, one day, Watchman Nee wrote, uh, read her poem. And he came to the hymn we have just sung. And actually, I, we have give you a handout. So if you read your handout... If you read the part rapture, when you come to the second verse, tis our Lord, tis our dear Lord we wait for, our hope, our joy, our friend. Himself we long to welcome, and just beyond the band. Hidden perchance to meet us before the day is done. The waiting will be over, and heaven or have begun. Now, Watchman, you couldn't understand why Miss Barber used the phrase and just beyond the band. So one day, when both of them walked together in the street in Fuchao, and because you know Barber, not only he had the knowledge of the Lord's coming back, he received that much help from knowledge, from uh, Doctor uh, from uh, Penton, uh, Brother Penton, and Govet, and all these people, he, he was, she was very well versed with the word. But actually, she was really the one who are waiting for the Lord to return. So one day, when these two walked together on the street, then Miss Barber said to young watchman, he said, look, probably at that corner, probably at that bend, we will meet him. So that's exactly the meaning. 
here. And just beyond the band hidden, perchance to meet us before the day is done. Now, according to my, my knowledge, probably the best hymn in the church history about the imminent appearing of Christ is this one. Now, you may read many other hymns about the Lord, about Lord's second coming, about how he descend. Uh, he, how he will come in glory. And even with the brethren movement, with the brethren, you will find many good hymns about the Lord's coming back. He will come back very soon. But here is the most poetic expression. It is the most poetic, deepest, profound way to tell us, just in few words, the wonderful truth of the imminence of our Lord's return. And I also try to quote to you a very wonderful statement by by Campbell Morgan. You know, Campbell Morgan was considered as the prince of expositor. He definitely knew the Bible well. He almost, before he read any book in the, in the Bible, definitely he will read through 50 times before he take any note about that book. That's why we were greatly helped by this wonderful Bible scholar. Now, of course, he know the coming back of our Lord. Of course, he know the truth of a second coming. Of course, he had preached many times about the Lord's return. How about the messenger who has given many message about Lord's return? Who, what kind of life is this messenger? He said, I never lay my head upon the pillow without thinking that maybe before the morning breaks, the final morning may have dawned. I never begin my work in the morning without thinking that perhaps he may interrupt my work and begin his own. Now, brothers and sisters, here is the one who was waiting for the return of the Lord, our Lord at any moment. So this is... This is the thing we would like to be occupied in this two morning. But now, here is a question. How can we be sure he definitely will come back soon? Of course, the reason we are sure, because our Lord said himself, surely I am coming quickly. So if we read Second Peter first one chapter nine, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, which you do well to heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So the reason we know that we are pretty sure the Lord definitely will come back soon. He can come back any moment. So now, 
The reason we are so sure, because the word of God. Now, especially all, when John almost finished all the prophecies in that book. And when he almost concludes the whole book of Revelation. And now he said, now he said, now he quote Lord, surely I'm coming back. I'm coming quickly. Now, I already mentioned before that phrase, when you come to the verse 7 and verse 12. Now, chapter, uh, chapter 22, verse uh, 12, 7. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of prophecy of this book. Now, the Bible is about to be concluded. The Bible is, is about to become a closed system. That we not only can interpret, now we only can understand. Now we can receive the full revelation. So now we can be sure he's coming back soon. So that's why, behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. How can you keep the word if you do not know the word? If the Lord did not finish his word, how can you keep his word? And sometimes we tend to interpret something before the, word, the, the sentence is concluded. For example, suppose a mother said to his, uh, to his teenage, teenage boy, say, go out. Now, if you, if you stop here, you try to explain your mother's word, you may be misunderstood. You may be hurt. Why your mother say, go out? But listen, if she continues to say, go out to the street corner to buy a dozen dozen of eggs for us, please. Now, he, now she finished her sentence. Now you're able to understand what does, your, what does your mother mean. So the same thing, brothers and sisters. Before John finished the book of Revelation. Now, brothers and sisters, the, 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 the Lord, ha God hasn't finished his, his word yet. So now after, when the whole book of the Bible is concluded, now it's formed a closed system. Now the word of God is able to explain the word of God. It's not up to you nor up to me to decide what does that, what does that statement mean or what does that verse mean. No, we are not qualified to do that. Only the word of God can explain the word of God. So because of that, brothers and sisters, we have the words of prophecy of this book. And because we understand, because we receive, because we have his word, now it's our duty, it's our obligation to keep the words of prophecy. So here... The Lord said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of prophecy of this book. Based on this book, based on his word, we are pretty sure he is coming back very, very quickly. Now, the coming back of our Lord is our blessing. It will bring us blessing. But more than that, now this, another uh, verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give 
to everyone according to his work. So the Lord's coming not only bring us the blessing, also bring us the reward. Today, people tend to emphasize the blessing, the grace, and they forgot the reason we are waiting for our Lord's return. Because he and he only is our greatest reward. So, now, these are the two places. The Lord said, behold, I'm coming quick, quickly. So, based on these two statements, now, before John concludes this book, and then he said, he who testified to this thing said, surely I'm coming quickly. So, brothers, thank the Lord. Now we have the book from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis is book of Alpha. Revelation is book of Omega. From Alpha to Omega, here we have the sure word of prophecy. And based on that, we are able to know that he's really coming back very soon. Now, for the young people, I like to show you some fact because we have no time to go through all the prophecies in the Bible. But I think you ought to have, you ought to have some kind of common sense about the prophecies. Now, if you turn to the whole Bible, you will find we have... 31,124 verses. Among these many verses, we will find 8,352 verses, all about prophecies. In other words, 27, 27% of the pages in the Word of God belong to the prophetic word. Now, if you really want to count how many prophecies, roughly 1,870, something like that. And of course, some other Bible scholar counted about 1,001. But anyway, if you take the, event, take the average, it's about 18. It's about it's uh, it's it, 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 it's about uh, it altogether is about eighteen hundred something, but then of course you find the many prophecies repeated. You see again and again. So if you try to sort it out, you will find uh, seven hundred thirty-seven events recorded in the Bible predicted. It means that these are all separate matters. You see, if you really gather to put them together, 737 events. However, not all the events are major ones. So again, you sort it out, then you will find about 590 major events predicted from the Bible, from the Word. So now we, are, we want to know, what is the fulfillment rate of the word of God? You can speak many prophecies, 
but you may not fulfill your prophecies. So we have 590 major events. Now, how many of them has been fulfilled? The answer is 570 events. So, in other words, there are only 20 major events left yet to be fulfilled. So, the rate of fulfillment is more than 97%. This is the word of God. The Bible, the word of God, will stand or fall with the prophecies recorded in the Bible. So, brothers, sisters, that's the reason we know that Bible is indeed the word of God. And from this prophecy, from this word, we are pretty sure the law will come back soon. So then, if you really want to go through these 20 events. Now, in your handouts, we have given you the list of these 20 events. Now, some of us, uh, so, and uh, if you read carefully... So these are the major events yet to be fulfilled, prophecy yet to be fulfilled in the word of God. Now, if we read the word of God correctly, if you really go through these 20 prophecies, you will find the first one. The first one is the rapture of the saints. Then you have many others. So, in another words, before the Lord return, before the Lord come back and steals us away, take us away, you don't have to wait for any other prophecies to be fulfilled. Yes, there will be Antichrist, but we are waiting for Christ. We are not waiting for Antichrist. Yes, there are many other things will happen. All will be included in these 20 major events. But the first one, the rapture of the saints. I think, brothers and sisters, this is the results, the results of, of many hours of study of many diligent words of the Bible. And so I just give that as a uh, uh, common sense for the young people for you to know that now from the word of God definitely we know, definitely know we know that the Lord our Lord is coming back very very soon now let me before I proceed I would like to just uh, I would just like to uh, mention a little bit more because when John wrote his last book, when he wrote this book of Revelation, when he said, he who testified to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. Now, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved the most, at least he really felt that way. And he was on, he was on the island of Patmos. He has been exiled. He was lonely on the Lord's day. And then he received the word from the Lord. 
And then he wrote this book. Now he is about to finish, to conclude this book. But somehow in his memory, he still can remember. Now why he wrote this book? Because on that day, especially the Lord's day, when he was meditating, when he was thinking, of course, that's the Lord's day, that's why his heart also, also, his heart definitely went out to the saints in uh, Asia Minor. In the clear day, now in the island of Patmos, you almost can see the shoreline of Ephesus. So that's, that's the background. But also, don't forget, John was the one who has seen our Lord ascend to heaven about 60 years ago. Now, roughly 60 years ago, or 70 years ago, and John vividly remembered he and his companions, he and the other disciple were standing on the Mount of Olive. And then, when the Lord ascended to heaven slowly, and then vividly with his own naked eyes, he can see that there was a cloud which took his master away. Now before that, John was a follower of the Lamb. Why? Because remember when he was, when he was before he was, he first met his master. He was helping the John the Baptist. Then he heard the witness, who were the testimony. Behold the Lamb of God. And because of that revelation, and John became the first follower of the Lamb. That's why he said in the Revelation chapter 14, who are these overcomers? Those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And don't forget, brother, sister, John and Angel, they were the f- angels. They were the first ones who follow the Lamb. And uh, from that time on, Three days, three years and half years. And finally, they were departed beyond, they were again, they were, they, they saying farewell in Bethany. And, and on the Mount of Olive, our Lord ascended to heaven. And John looked at law in, intensely. Because when our Lord is about to say goodbye, about to ascend to heaven, and to unexpectedly, he saw a piece of cloud. And that piece of cloud really take his master away. So according to Book of Acts, we have read, Now when he has spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white garment, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing upon into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, when John was about finished 
the book of Revelation. Probably he still remembers 60 years ago how our Lord ascended to heaven, how those two witnesses tried to explain what happened about the Lord's ascension and his return. Now, sometimes we consider these two witnesses as two angels. But in my Bible, Bible never said two angels. Bible only said two men with white garments. Now, if you go to the hospital, you also find many nurses, they wear the white clothes. So, brother, sister, because the only thing I know that these two witnesses, they have enough knowledge. They really can penetrate into the heart of our Lord. They are qualified to explain the Lord's ascension and the Lord's coming back. So, John remember very clearly what two witnesses, men of Galilee, who do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So, brothers and sisters, in another word, the way he ascended to heaven is the same way he will come back. John know the way of his ascension. From Mount of Olive to the cloud. That's all he knew. He knew from his very naked eyes. Now this ascension is public one. Everybody see his ascension. Not secret one. So that part he understand. From Mount Olive to the cloud. Then theoretically. He should suppose that. From the cloud, the Lord definitely reached reach the throne. Yes. And especially on the day of Pentecost. And you remember how Peter explained the whole thing. Most likely, Peter explained that according to Daniel chapter 7. Because in the Old Testament, you do have the prophecy about our Lord's ascension. So thank the Lord. From the word, John knew that now when the law ascend to heaven in two stages one from Mount of Olive to the cloud and then our Lord supposed to from to, to ascend from the cloud to the heaven yes that's the revelation from the word Yes, he has heard about this good news. Our Lord has arrived at heaven. How do you know? Because Holy Spirit has been poured out. Now, when, when, uh, when Jacob knew that his son Joseph still alive, we were told that his heart was cold. But gradually he wake up because he saw the chariot from Egypt. Now he know that his son is in throne. So brothers and sisters, thank God. Because of coming back, because of, because of descending of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, these disciples' eyes were all open. But somehow, brothers and sisters, the one who has been at the breast 
of our Lord Jesus. As leaning upon the breast of our Lord. He loved the Lord so much. He missed the Lord so much. He has followed his Lord three years and a half. Day and night. Wherever the Lamb goes, he goes. Brothers and sisters, he cannot live without the presence of his master. But somehow that cloud took away his Lord. He wants to know everything beyond the cloud. He knows something this side of the cloud. That's why he wrote the Gospel of John. Everything about, the, about our Lord Jesus, this side of the cloud, from John chapter 1 all the way to John chapter 21. But somehow, he, in the heart of John, some veil in him. Somehow, what happened to our Lord is only a riddle. He can only guess. He can only, he can only uh, think, he can only suggest, he can only imagine. But he wanted to know something more. He wanted his first-hand revelation. He loved the Lord so much. He was waiting for his master to return because he has a promise of our Lord. But one thing always remained as a riddle, almost remained a mystery in his heart. According to the two witnesses, no doubt, the way he ascends to heaven is exactly the same way he will come back. Now, only way he knows experimentally is from the Mount of Olive to the cloud. But what happened beyond the cloud? For almost 50 years or 60 years, he was waiting for the Lord's return, as if that mystery has never been disclosed. But thank God, here you find someone not only had the knowledge, not only had the promise of the Lord's return, but here is someone who was really waiting for the Lord's return. He wanted to have that answer. Now, brother, sister, think about it. He has waited for the answer for 60 years or even 70 years. Heaven still closed. He still remember it is that cloud which took away his master. So if he's waiting for the Lord's return, does that mean that when he see any cloud, that means our Lord can come back any moment. Any cloud can bring his master back. Brothers and sisters, I don't think this is our intention to give you more knowledge about the Lord's return. The important thing is how many of one how many of us like John? Brothers and sisters, now whenever he sees a cloud, a piece of cloud. He remembered that that's the cloud that took away his master. But now the same thing. He's waiting for the cloud to appear. But the important thing is, what happened? How do we know anything beyond the cloud? Thank God. That mystery has been disclosed. That veil has been opened to 
John on that lonely island. And then John really saw heaven open. My brothers, sisters, now the first time in his spirit, he is able to catch a glimpse of what happened from Mount of Olives, from the cloud to the throne. That's why the first verse of this book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, Gospel of John, of course, is the revelation of Jesus of Christ. No doubt about that. But that's happened all this side of the cloud. But what happened beyond that cloud? What happened from the, mount, from the uh, cloud to the throne? And later, what happened from the throne to the cloud and to the Mount of Olives? Brothers, sisters, two witnesses only give the outlines of what will happen. But now, it is the one who loved the Lord so deeply. He was entitled to know the, all the secret and details about that whole outline. So, brothers, sisters, that's why we have this wonderful book of Revelation. It was John who tells us our Lord was crucified in a garden. It was Peter who told us our Lord was crucified on a tree. So here you find a tree in the garden. Jesus died for you and for me. All of a sudden we realize that this is exactly the meaning of tree of life. Because he sacrificed for us, because he died for us on the cross. So even this cross is a curse to our Lord. But thank the Lord, this tree become the tree of life to every one of us. So thank the Lord, this is the beginning of the gospel. This is the beginning of salvation. When the Lord said, it is finished, thank God. Now the work of redemption definitely is finished. So from that time on, brother, sister, something happened. The universe has changed. Why? Because now our planet has been given a meaning, a spiritual meaning. Before that, it's just a material world. Yes, it is God who created heaven and earth. But what is the meaning of our planet? What is the meaning of the whole universe? Only after our Lord was crucified on the cross. From that time on, our planet become the outer court. Because where you, because where you find the altar, you find the outer court. So when you study Old Testament, when you study the temple, you know that the first part is the outer court. Now how do you know this is outer court? Because here you, here you find the altar. So how do you know that our planet is outer court? The true altar has come. The altar is nothing but the shadow. But the reality is the cross.
So when Jesus died for us on the cross, from that time on, our planet is not just a planet. Our planet becomes the outcourse of the whole temple. What does that mean? That means the whole universe has been turned into the house of worship. So now we understand the meaning of the temple in the Old Testament. That was only the shadow. But because of the work of redemption, brothers and sisters, now you see the whole universe become the temple of God. So thank God our Lord was crucified for us. Now he's going to enter into holy place. Then he's going to the holiest of holy. What does that mean? After his crucifixion, he ascended to heaven. And from chapter 1 to chapter 3 of Revelation, we knew that he entered into a holy place. When you come to chapter 4 and chapter 5, then we see that he is in the holiest of holy. So, brothers and sisters, do you see that? Now, John is able to understand how our Lord was from the cloud to the throne. Then many events happened until we reached the end of chapter 11. And then you know that whole book of Revelation can be divided into two parts. First 11 chapters and the last 11 chapters. Now, what is the first 11 chapter? His ascension. How from the cloud all the way to the throne. Now, how about the rest of the book of Revelation? From chapter 12 to chapter 22. If we want to put in the simple words, his return. So, brothers and sisters, from the chapter 12, you see that how, how the return of our Lord, how parousia of our Lord start. So, brother, sister, then when you come to the chapter 14, you see that cloud. Again, you find that word cloud repeated very often in this wonderful book. And then, brother, sisters, finally you come to chapter 19. The feet of our Lord Jesus already upon the Mount of Olives. So, brothers, sisters, now you can understand when, we, when you go through this whole book of Revelation, now John not only heard the testimony of two witnesses, now from his spirit, he's able to penetrate into that wonderful mystery. He's able to give us the, all the details, not for your, our curiosity, now, just to stimulate us, stu- stimulate us, just try to uh, try to awaken us, such that we may be like John. We may be saved with John. Come, quick, come, Lord Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, thank the Lord. And this is th- th- this is and this is the prophetic word. So from here, you can, you can see that John was not only the one who know the word, not only received the word, and he's really the one 
who has waited for the Lord's return. And he waited the Lord's return so much. Finally, the Lord, that, that's the, that, finally, the Lord really opened that veil to him. So I think, brothers and sisters, remember, to know prophecy is one thing. Now, to be, the, to be the student of Bible prophecy is very exciting because the Word of God is indeed very accurate. However, this is not our point. How many people who give out messages, but how about the messenger themselves? So may the Lord really speak to our hearts. May the Lord try to uh, make us understand. Yes, to know the Lord coming back is one thing. But to wait for His return, to live a life to match our, our, our understanding is quite another. So thank the Lord. Even we are foolish. Even we are not knowledgeable with many things. But it's all right. As long as we have a pure heart. As long as we have a heart like Shulamite, as long as we heart like Paul and like John, brothers and sisters, now the whole book of Revelation open to John. And thank God, this book also opened to you and me. So now we, so now we come, now we have the whole Bible because when this book of Revelation finished, then the six, six books all finished. It's form one closed system. And for that, now we are able to interpret the word. We're able to understand the word. We're able to receive the word. Then we're able to obey the word. Then we'll be blessed. Then we will know that he's really coming back soon. Now, among these 18,000 prophecies, how do you understand it? So many prophecies. But fortunately, you know, there is seven, some govern, governing law behind these prophecies. For example, if you look at heaven, you will find uh, any heavenly body moving in the sky. Now, thank the Lord. Now, if you focus on every point of movement, so complicated. Now here, and then there, and then there. But then... We know that behind all this heavenly movement, there is one law to govern the whole thing. Now, suppose you have a circular motion, so everybody knows there is a center. So even when this particle moves as a circle, somehow was under the control of that focal point. Now, very interesting. When God was moving in history, Definitely, you can see the traces, you can see the trail of his moving. But if you try to go through every event, just like if you try to go through all these 1800 events, you will get lost. But fortunately, behind these 1800 events, you find there are two focal points. In other words, when the heavenly body, when the, sun, when, when, when the earth is moving around the sun or anything, you see, some, you will discover all those movements is governed by two focal points, not just one. 
And in another words, the, 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 this, this body, this heavenly body is moving around two centers, twin centers. The same thing, brothers and sisters. If you want to study these 1800 prophecies, you will get lost. You will say, oh, I'm so busy. I have no time to go through it. But fortunately, thank God, there are only two focal points can summarize all the Bible prophecies. Now, what are these two focal points? If you study all these prophecies, you find that there are only two classes of prophecies. You can classify them. One is about the Lord's first coming. Another class about the Lord's second coming. In other words, you will find a group of prophecies surrounding with that focal point, the Lord's first coming. For example, at least 333 prophecies about the Lord's first coming. Accurately. And then, if you try to go through another classes, another group of the Bible verses... Then you find that you can be classified into another group that is surrounding another focal point. Now that point is the Lord's second coming. There are many prophetic books in the Bible. But there are two books that stand out. One is book of Daniel. Another one is book of, uh, book of Revelation. So you find that the book of Daniel stand on one of the focus, focal point, and Revelation standing on another focal point. So, brothers and sisters, no matter you go turn to any, any page of prophetic word, no matter you probably, you probably turn to one, uh, one prophecy about Damascus. That's very interesting prophecy. But brother, this is only one prophecy. But remember, what is the meaning of this prophecy? If you put them together, now finally, brothers and sisters, all this prophetic word is to announce the two great events in the history of mankind. Definitely, this, this definitely is connected with the redemptive work of God. Definitely, that's something to do with our salvation. But if we really want to put it more accurately, it's all something to do with the eternal will of God. God in the eternal past has a plan, has a will, has a purpose. Now he wants to work out that purpose. So when he began to work, then time began. Then history began. So when he finished his work, then time ends. Then that's the end of our history. So, brother, sister, when he's moving in the, our history, it simply means that he worked and worked and worked. Now, you all know the history of mankind. Now, that's, you all know the, 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 how we fall and so on and so forth. So, God began his work. God continued his work. So, that's why, brother, sister, you have so many, you have many work to do. And before that event happened, God in his word, Holy Spirit in his word, announced all these coming events. So, that's all the prophecies in the Bible. But remember, brother, sister, this prophecy is not for your curiosity, not for my curiosity. This simply tells us 
when, when Jesus should come first time and when he should come back the second time. So this, if you go through the whole Bible, then we see that this, uh, this, this are the prophecies. Now, if you study the first uh, group, uh, if you study the first group of prophecies about the first, first uh, of our Lord's first coming, it's very, very useful. Why? Because the law of fulfillment about the first coming is the same law of fulfillment about second coming. You are very sure about Lord will come back soon because you know so clearly when we come to the when we come to the first uh, when you come to the prophecies about the Lord's first first coming, and uh, when you study it, you know that that's that's definitely happened in our eyes. So of course we don't we have no time to go through that. We have no time to go through that. Uh, but one thing for sure, especially tomorrow, I think we will go a little bit deeper. You will see that the way, the way, the the prophecies about the Lord's first coming to be fulfilled is exactly the same way. You can see the parallel of these two events. You can see the parallel of these two group of prophecies. If you know how to interpret one of them, you can interpret another. And from the Lord's first coming, your eyes are open. Then, when you come to the prophecies of our Lord's second coming, then, brothers and sisters, you not only know the fact the Lord will come back soon, then you will know that why he delay. Then you will know that now, now, uh, then, uh, and many things, so then you will explain many other things. So, I think this is the sure word of prophecy. This is the Bible. And uh, from his word, we should be able to see, we should be able to know what the Lord is doing. And uh, our God is moving in history. Our God is still moving today. And uh, from his word, we are pretty sure he will come very, very quickly. Bible there are, there are many uh, Bible, there are many prophecies who utter this word of prophecy, for prophecies. So that's why you have many prophets in the Old Testament. For example, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Joel, and many others. And in New Testament, like John and others, you know, these are great prophets. They are, they are able to predict the future. And we know that these are very accurate, and we know that these prophecies have been wonderfully fulfilled. But don't forget, in the Old Testament, not only the kings will be anointed, not only the priests will be anointed, and also the prophets will be anointed. When we talk about our Lord, the Messiah, means that he's the anointed one. In another word, when he come again, or when he comes, not only as a king, anointed king, also anointed priest, and also anointed prophet. So, brothers and sisters, among all the prophets in the word of God, the greatest one is our Lord, no doubt. 
So, brothers, how do we know that the law will come back soon? Many prophecy has been uttered by many prophets. But this morning, I only mention one. And probably will occupy this prophecy today and tomorrow. That's all. Because this is the prophecy uttered by our Lord himself. And let's now for other prophets, for other prophets, they are all servants of God. But our Lord is the son of God. Now he's giving us the following very important prophecy. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Chapter 24. Verse 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Probably this verse is too familiar to you. But let us be humble before the Lord. Let us try to ponder before the Lord. Now what is the meaning of this very familiar prophecy you know and we all know. It was John who told us after Judah went out from that upper room that it was John who said it was night. Why? Because this means the sun of righteousness is about to set. It's supposed to come down. So we all know it very clearly. Before, we all know it clearly. Be, where after our Lord ascend to heaven, in another word, the sun of righteousness disappeared below the horizon. From that time on, it is a long and dark night. And we have been given a wonderful time together every week. That's the breaking of bread. According to the Bible, it is Lord's Supper. Why we have supper? Because the, because the morning, morning hasn't come back yet. So during last 2,000 years, the church, church of Christ always have the supper, Lord's Supper, but never the breakfast. Why? Because our Lord hasn't come back yet. So when he will come back? And the Lord promised that he will come back. But anyway, week after week, when we have the Lord's table, we will comfort ourselves. Because the, we, the way we come together in remembrance of him until he come. Now we know one thing. This summer, this, uh, we, we know one thing. This, uh, we know one thing is that this, this week, uh, we, we know one thing that 
this week is closer than the last week. This, this supper is closer to the last supper. Since Lord's ascension, there, there, wa there was uh, 106,035 uh, Lord's days. In other words, the Church of Christ had 1635 suppers, supper after supper. There is only one desire till the day dawn. We are waiting for his return. But brothers and sisters, any generation, any, any century, we will say this is probably the last one. But somehow the Lord has not come back yet. But thank God, brothers and sisters, among so many prophecies, the prophecy we have is really comfort our hearts. Because from this parable, it says, when uh, we learn the parable from the fig tree, when its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all the things, know that it is near at the doors. Now, brothers and sisters, when that happened, now, how this, how, this prof, how this prophecy being fulfilled? Now, I know that this is almost like kindergarten thing to you, but let me just review a little bit for you. You know, when our Lord first uttered, when our Lord uttered this prophecy, this definitely is a prophecy, verbal one, and the Lord talked about fig tree. And now, just a few days before, and remember in the one day in the early morning, our Lord Jesus went out from Bethany, and he saw a fig tree from a distance but somehow he was hungry can you believe that he just left the house of mary and martha do you think the martha will allow our lord go out hungry never but anyway somehow not biological hunger it must be spiritual hunger why because when he when he uh, when he was under the tree he did not find any fruit full of leaves beautiful splendor when you look from outside, from outwardly, give you that kind of feeling. But what our Lord wants is that reality. Now somehow, the Lord wants something from the fig tree. And he was so disappointed, he cursed the tree. Now, brother, sister, that's another prophecy. When you study prophecy, not only verbal one, also non-verbal one. This time, our Lord put something into action to tell you that this is, a, this is a, a prophecy. So what does that mean? If you read the whole Bible, you know very well. Victory in the Bible always represents Israel. So here you find the history of Israel. When you look at that tree full of leaves. Now, if you know a little bit history by that time. You know, because of he, King Herod, he really like he really liked to, to, to he, he really got involved with the construction business. So he really gave the Jews the proud, the, the pride, the glory. Because at that time, now the temple complex, probably the largest religious complex in the world. And according to Josephus, you, 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 at especially early morning, you see, when you look at the, the temple, wow, it's a splendor. 
So no wonder, brothers and sisters, you, you have to remember, this is this the time uh, represent as if the prime of the history of Israel. But brother and sister, only our Lord knows the reality. And he's hungry. And then he begins to curse the tree. So brother and sister, this is a prophecy. And finally, it became true. It's starting from 70 AD, when Jerusalem was destroyed. Then up to 135 AD, then the nation of Israel disappeared from this whole earth. So from this background, now we come to the chapter 32 of chapter, Matthew 24. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaf, what does that mean? That tree had been cursed from the root. So from now on, no matter what, the appearance and reality are one. It's all. It, it, you, you don't see anything there. For how many years? For nearly 2,000 years. But thank God, according to our Lord's prophecy, one day something will happen. When the fig tree, when the branch of fig tree has already become tender and puts forth leaf, you know that summer is near. So what does that mean? According to this prophecy, one day the nation of Israel will be reborn. It's a wonderful prophecy, brothers and sisters. According to political science, any nation disappeared from this world more than 500 years will never rise again. This is a miracle. Only miracle in history of mankind happened in 1948, May 14th. It surprised a shock to the whole world. A miracle happened. Brother, sister, God work in history. He not only predicts that something will happen, and don't forget, this is a prophecy of the greatest prophet in the whole universe. It's a sure word of prophecy. Something ought to be happen. So thank God in our very eyes, we see the rise of the nation of Israel. In 1948, May 14th. When that happened, remember, verse 33. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Now, student of prophecy reminds us, at the doors. Now, doors in Greek is plural. What does that mean? Today in a Western house, you know, uh, when you... Uh, when you knock the door, you already enter the living room. So one thing really embarrassed me. Sometimes, you know, when somebody is knocking the door, I couldn't find my slipper. It's very embarrassing because I, if I can, I don't, if I don't have slipper, as if I'm naked. It's embarrassing. I cannot do that. So, brother, say, are you ready? If the Lord knocked the door and then you open, you see? But no, he is no. He's the doors. Why? Because the, in the Oriental house, even China, in the ancient China, if you, you know that. Now, that time, in all, you know, the how big house of well-to-do, actually there are several courtyards. So probably you come to the main entrance, 
then the second door, then the third door, and probably the fourth door, then reach your living room. Now, brothers and sisters, can the word of our Lord clearer than this? It's impossible. Do you see that? When that happened since 1948, when we witnessed the appear, when we witnessed the rebirth of nation of Israel. Now, one thing we know it very clearly that is our law already at the doors. Now, only probably we don't know which door. Do you see? But it doesn't matter. It's already at the door. At least, uh, probably, probably at least the first door. Then probably you still have four doors away. You still can wait. You still can 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 plan your life. But the only things that we do now, we cannot make sure, is not first or second or third or probably fourth. So, brothers and sisters, one thing for sure, we those who live uh, in the time, uh, in the time who experienced 1948 or after 1948, we, we, we definitely from the word of God, he can come back any moment because he's at the doors, any door. So, brothers and sisters, are you ready to hear the, hear the knocking of our Lord? Knocking door of our Lord. So that means it is very, very near. <coughs> Today we study this Bible, this portion of the Bible. We probably won't be very surprised. But if you know a little bit of history about this prophecy, interpretation of this prophecy, you'll be very surprised. As early as the end of 16th century, uh, seven, uh, 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 17th century, yes, at the end of 17th century, and the beginning of the 18th century. Already many people noticed that the Lord's coming is coupled with the restoration of Jews. The very famous one is Increase Mather, who was one of the earliest presidents of Harvard University. He studied the word. And remember, he was a Puritan. We, he was considered the last Puritan in the United States, in America. And if you know very well the replacement theology by the Reformed people, you know that how they think that actually the church already take the place of Israel. God already laid aside Israel away. So remember, brothers and sisters, in, these, in the mind of all the followers of of, uh, of, of Calvin. Now, they think that God has done, has through with people of Israel. So, of course, what they want, they, everything is spiritual. Everything is about spiritual things, the coming of our Lord. So these people, their mind, their eyes, never think about the people of earthly people anymore. They all think about now, when we study the word, how do we know that when the Lord will come back, and these people, they are waiting for the Lord's return. Even they are scholars. And um, uh, Increase Mather wrote more than 100 books at that time. And think about it. However, they love the Lord. They want to know when the Lord will come. But now when you come to the verses, when we come to the Lord's prophecies, 
Now you are very, now it is clear that how do we know the Lord will come? Because the, the, because the fig tree actually is a very unique plant. This the plant will give you the season. When the fig tree, there's no leaf, you know it's winter. When the fig tree has a, has a small green fix, you know that's spring. When full of leaf from outwardly, you know the summer. So if you want to know when our Lord should come, and thank God, God really used Israel as alarm clock to wake us up. So because of that, brothers and sisters, now these Bible scholars, they are waiting, because in their mind, they never think about the earthly people anymore. They think God through with them. So what they want is when the Lord will come back. But then when they come to the word of God, they have no way out. Because it's clearly by that time when they read this portion of the word, what does that mean? That means one day the people of Israel, the, the people of Israel will come back to their homeland. So that's called the restoration of Jews at that time. And this thinking is called restorationism at that time. And to our surprise, it widespread among Puritans. That's sometimes I cannot understand. And more than that, about the same time, there was a very famous scientist called Isaac Newton. Now, we only know that when he, fall, uh, when he, uh, when he slept under an a, 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 a apple tree, probably her nose quite big. So you see the, the, the apple fall upon his, his nose, and he wake up to uh, uh, a, a scientific world, then he found some law. Now, brothers, not many, not many people know that he's a Bible scholar, brothers and sisters. Now, those who write his life story only can write up to, only can write up to uh, 45 years old. After 45 years, he lived 85 years, 84 years old. So, so all his contribution with, uh, with, Calculus, with optics, with, uh, with physics, all before 45. Now, how about after 45? He spent his time with the prophecy in the Bible. Daniel and also, and also uh, Revelation. So, thank the Lord. And he really applied his heart. When he write his book on prophecy, almost like, a, almost like, a, almost like reading the thesis in physics. Just like that. But to my surprise there, you know, even at that time, he's dare not, he dared to challenge other people because every people said that now it's through. Jewish people already through. And he was the only one. He, he actually, rarely he's the one challenged all that. Now he told us, actually there are two returns. He called double returns. He quote Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11. One day that definitely will happen. And we know that that really, that really uh, realized, uh, finally is really realized according to the prophecy of our Lord. So think about brothers, sisters. This prophecy is not that when something happened, then you go back to the Bible, try to fit it. No. Even way before that. I still remember when I first know the Lord, I, I like to read uh, Brother Nee's writing, especially his magazine, a Christian. And uh, there's one section about, the, uh, about the, 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 the prophecies. 
Now, even at that time, before 1948, now in that magazine, you find they already say that according to the word, definitely the people, definitely nation of Israel will be born, will be reborn. So, brothers, sisters, you can see that the word of God is so sure. We thank the Lord. And because when our Lord says, when our Lord says, when our Lord says, uh, uh, it, it is at the door, it means at the doors. So if we talk about the imminency of the Lord's return, I cannot find any other better or more, uh, more uh, I don't know, uh, better verse just like what our Lord has said, it, at the doors. That's enough. How do you define the imminency of the Lord's return? I know there's a big fighting in Niagara and many other places. You see, they talk, how do you define it? I don't care. I only know that how our laws, how, what our law said, it is at the doors. So, brother, sister, are you ready? Are you ready? And are we, are we really ready? Can we say to John, come, Lord Jesus. So may the Lord really speak to our heart. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We really commit this word into your hand. Speak to every one of us. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray.